Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. everybody welcome into the college chaos podcast i'm garrett ross alongside my man jack mckenzie and you we are back after not having a show last week your boy was a little bit under the weather uh try to get things straight but we were able to uh do our picks so and some of those hit some of those didn't but it was a really good weekend in college football um the big 12 man we saw some wild things happen uh i know my initial thoughts when i was talking about that with the picks like Going back when we got to that Houston-Texas game, we were even talking about, I remember you just quickly jumped, boom, hit Texas, like this isn't even going to be close. The Cougs did their thing, man. That was really impressive game by them. Unfortunately, the, I feel like the ref screwed them at the end, uh, but that's something we can get into. Uh, UCF goes into Norman, pushes Oklahoma. Uh, that was another one where I think having John Rice Plumley back is really remarkable for that team. Uh, he's definitely the X factor there. Uh, but the Sooners showed why they are a championship-caliber team. Uh, they took the best punch that UCF could throw at them, and they come out in the end victorious, 31-29. to 29. We saw some madness in Morgantown, man. We saw Ollie Gordon just absolutely go off. Um, and uh, it, he is – I'm honestly surprised it took this long for them to finally start feeding him the rock consistently. Um, to me, he's hands down the best running back in the Big 12 right now, and he's making a case – to be one of the best backs in the nation. Uh, and then we saw, you know, some outside of the Big 12. We saw Penn State and Ohio State. It's really disappointing if you're a Penn State fan, the way that unfolded. Uh, Ohio State definitely made their claim to me as a championship-caliber team as well. Definitely a team that can make a push and deserves to be in the top four in the college football playoff standings. But overall, how'd you spend your weekend? I know you finally didn't have to do much. You got to just sit back and watch some football. How was that? Yeah, got to sit back, got to watch a lot of the Big 12. Made a point out of watching as much of the Big 12 as I could. And uh, let's dive into it. Let, let's stop recapping. Just, you know, oh, watch this, watch that. Let's get into it. Get into it. <laughs> okay, Ollie Gordon. Where was he for the first, like, three weeks? Because man went off for like 282 yards, looked like he could not be tackled within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. And I don't know if West Virginia was just like desperate and over pursuing, but at the end of the game, like it didn't look like he was some crazy supernatural beast. Like I don't think he's Chuba Hubbard level necessarily, but no. he's going to do the same thing for Oklahoma State this year. And I'm also just amazed at the way Gundy finds a way to figure out who he has and what they do best at a certain point in the year. 
every year because it was looking like a dumpster fire. Like all the off season, we were like, are they going to be able to make a bowl game even against a weak schedule? Right. And now it's like, are they going to have an outside shot at the Big 12 title game? That's the crazy part because I on realistically, yeah, dude. I mean, the if you look at their schedule, they got what BYU, they still got Cincy, they are they have all the new schools that they still have to play and then they have Bedlam. Um, and which honestly, the way that they're starting to turn the corner and play right now, given that's the last bedlam, we know how pissed off that made Mike Gundy in general. Uh, yeah, I think that's a game that two weeks ago I wouldn't have even considered. I think Oklahoma could have curb stomped them. Now, dude, you got to think like realistically, man. The Pokes have a legitimate chance to beat them. Yeah, I I think they have a legit a legit chance to beat them, especially after what UCF went to Norman and yeah. did. I that was one of the games I didn't really get to watch. I saw the very end. I was very sad that UCF couldn't tie it up there. Um, but I don't know. I I I don't know if that's an aberration for Oklahoma. I don't know if that's just a crazy day for UCF that just couldn't have gone better for them except for converting the two-point conversion. Um, I'm just most sad that Bedlam's not like rivalry week. I don't know what's up with that, why it's in two weeks. Instead of like at the end Instead of the of last the week of the year. year. Yeah. I don't like, know. Like why, why is Oklahoma State BYU what they're ending with instead of like Bedlam? Yeah, I, I definitely I, I don't get think that. anyone going into the season, like when they were actually scheduling – thought, hey, realistically, Bedlam could be the Big 12 championship game, so that's why we don't want a rivalry week. Like, I I don't think anyone had expectations like that for Bedlam this year. Well, doesn't the Big 12 in general not really do rivalry week the, like, the, yes, like other, other conferences do? get it. Yeah. Like, I, I, like, SEC, they do it really well. You have rivalries that aren't rivalry week. I get that. Third Saturday in October is the third Saturday in October. It's named all the, all that good stuff. But like, there's something great about being around your family for the Thanksgiving holiday, and you know what's going down. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I think it's SEC in general. Not all of it, right? Because you're gonna have the cocktail party this weekend, so that's a big rivalry game that's not gonna be at the end. Yeah. But I think overall, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Letting like especially the non-conference rivalries yeah. happen there at the end of the season. Yeah, that's all I'm getting at. Um, so as far as Oklahoma State goes, like what what are your because that game to me, I, I felt bad for West Virginia because I think Garrett Green played his ass off, honestly. Um, and to me, it really flipped on that punt where you had the that I believe that Mountaineer defend. Uh, he ran into the kick returner. Oklahoma got the ball. That's really, I mean, Oklahoma State got the ball. That's really where it flipped to me. Um, I felt like all the credit in the world needs to go to Oklahoma State, but that's one where. I feel like West Virginia in general feels like they let that one get away. Um, and then if you look like ahead to next week, they're going to have to play UCF. They have to go on the road. That's one you've lost two games in a row now after starting off really hot and really over exceeding expectations that you were given coming into the year. So that's one I really want to keep an eye on next week because West Virginia really can't afford that. Um, at the same time, if you're UCF, like you're coming off and, and you got to feel like you, you were just right there. You're on the cusp of winning. Uh, you really haven't done much at home. You have John Rice playing back. I think that's a game next week with a lot of stakes that's going to be real intriguing. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if UCF beat West Virginia next week. Yeah. Um, I'm really not sure what to think about that game. And frankly, that's a game that's not even on my radar for yeah. next week. Like, that's a game that's going to be like, oh, okay. That team won. That team lost. Like, I don't know. 
it, it's not it's not spiking anything for me in in terms of the Big Twelve race. I I'm liking that we're figuring out who's truly at the bottom. I'm yeah, liking oh, yeah. I'm liking that we're seeing some challenge at the top and seeing like some teams emerge from the middle pack. Yeah, to be like these are the teams that if it's not Texas and OU, it's going to be one of these. And I think, so I th- I feel like clearly now we know West Virginia and I they could come back and prove me wrong, but I feel pretty clear cut now that West Virginia is one of those true middle of the pack teams. They're definitely they're not, the they're not going to rise up and challenge for a conference title spot. UCF is thoroughly towards the bottom now in my mind. They could again like the bottom will sort itself out, but I I do feel like West Virginia should win that game and I'm not going to go crazy about the result either way. Like this week we saw Baylor proved Cincinnati is the worst team in the big 12. Yeah. In a couple of weeks, we'll see Baylor play Houston here in Waco and that'll probably be okay. Who's the second worst team in the big 12. Did anything like going to that Baylor Cincy game? What were, I know Baylor did the adjustments. They changed their offense. They were trying to get the ball out quick. They wrote the run game. I, it is sucks. I mean, it's crazy to think that your offensive line is so bad that you're not even going to attempt to run the ball. Like that's that's hard to fathom to me. Um, I didn't hate it at all. Like, I think it was necessary, but I, to me, like how sustainable is that going forward? Right? I don't. I don't know. I do. I do like that they found ways to pass protect against a solid defensive front. Like. I think it would have been like, okay, we are hands down the worst team. Just pack it in for the year. If mm. you couldn't pass protect even for like two seconds yeah. against a, a decent front. Um, so I don't know how it's going to go when you have to play better teams, but it's nice to see Baylor's coaches making adjustments yeah. to try to maximize their potential. Um, I don't know why it took till after the bye week to yeah. shift towards this. It's like, come on, man, something's clear. In the, like even, even just putting in Colton price and center. I, I don't know why it took that long I don't to switch switch up the personnel on the offensive front because I don't think that his like you should not have a guy who you're willing to play just because you went to more of a shotgun spread right. scheme uh rather than your your wide zone multiple tight end sets like he sh- if you felt comfortable playing him in this game you should have felt comfortable playing him a couple games right. ago when there was like you could have tried him out in the wide zone and seen seen if he fixed that yeah. a little or helped with that a little. So I think it was nice to see finally Keytron Jackson actually do something. Uh, and, you know, Blake Shapin pushed the ball down the field a couple of times to him. He came up with that one massive catch on the left sideline uh, down the field. But the one thing that I kept noticing or, or I'm curious about with this offense, because you remember a couple of weeks ago when they came out and they made the, the announcement that they were moving Jordan neighbors from receiver to running back because of his ability to catch out of the backfield and use his speed. It wasn't so much an announcement as I asked well, David. No, you know what I mean though. Yeah. I'm glad you asked that, but where was he? like to me, that's one thing I want to know because if, he, if that was the case and that's why you decided to move him there, why wouldn't he utilize? Cause that, to me, that would be the ideal package it's set to use him in. And I don't even really, really remember him getting involved in the game at all. I think he had like one kick return or Frankly, a punt return. I, I don't want to like dive into maybe there's some off the field stuff. I really don't know. I am starting to feel pretty good. If it's not that the dude must not have hands, but that was one of the reasons you said you wanted to put him there. I don't remember him saying that. I remember him saying he's an explosive athlete. I remember him saying they felt like they could get him more touches there. I don't remember him saying that it was specifically because he was a good receiver. I could have swore that's part of it. I, I, I could be I totally need to wrong go back on that. And, yeah. like, 
that's not something that stood out to me from from his answer to that question. Right. And so to me, that means they moved him to running back possibly because the guy just does not have good enough hands or does not run good enough routes. Either of those things don't change out of the backfield. Right. You still have to run good routes and have good hands to catch the ball. So if you can't do those two things, you're just going to have to be evaluated as a runner. And as a runner, he probably is not up to snuff on pass blocking. No. So he can't be used in, in situations where you want to be able to be like, hey, we could be passing, we could be running. He's not necessarily going off for a yeah. route. Like, and you need protection back there. Oh, yeah, you do. So like, you lose some of your play call abilities with him in there, which means, hey, if he's just a runner – you're going to be in obvious obvious rundown situations where you put him in. Mm-hmm. How many of those did Baylor want to present against Cincinnati? <laughs> None. Very few. <laughs> like two or three. <laughs> so it makes complete sense to me if you take like if you at, at answer that question with he's not necessarily a great receiver in any regard. Therefore, he wasn't used in a pass-heavy attack. I think I would I would more so lean towards the route running aspect if because I was, if yeah. I was wrong no, about that, I, yeah. then it makes very little sense. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think, like, just in general, going back to, like, covering him, I think he does have some good hands. I think, if, to me, if that is along the lines, I think it might be more so along the route running aspect of it because I really thought he would be perfect in what they were doing. That's why I was kind of curious why he wasn't out there. Um, like, but, you got you got to be where, where Shapin expects you to be if you're – especially against man coverage. Yeah. And then you've got to be able to feel out and sit down in a zone if you're against zone coverage. Right. And – the second one, I feel like that is tough for most receivers. Yeah. Like, I, f- I just think that's the case. You're used to a lot more space in the high school game, and if you're not used to going in zone in the high school game, you're going against men. And at, if you make it to the D1 level, you're probably yeah, you're just yeah, mossing ex- kids all exactly. the time. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. It's uh, one of those nuanced things that takes a while to develop. Yeah. Um, do you want to get into Houston, Texas? Yeah, let's get into that. So, because so I do, do not want to hear start? a single – Texas fan anywhere for any reason whatsoever talk about the refs having a vendetta against them on their way no. out of the Big 12. No. You cannot. That has been forfeited for you for the entire year because Houston got robbed. That was They the would not necessarily have won. They would have to have still scored a touchdown to tie the game. I fully understand that. But the fact that Houston was robbed of the clear first down First and goal to give them four shots at the end zone. Yeah, which they would have gotten, in my opinion. Matthew Golden was balling his ass off, dude. Like, that was – I've been waiting for that, Matthew Golden, all year. They were completely robbed of that opportunity to tie Texas up and possibly go for two in the win. And just – I don't understand. I don't understand how it's not reviewed. I don't understand. That's a good question. I, I saw something about, like – Oh, Dana was told that they were reviewing it, so he didn't challenge because he had a timeout, so he could have challenged. And like, I I don't know what the truth is there, but no matter what, that should have been reviewed from the booth. Shouldn't have well, needed a challenge. Even if Dana was told and you could see it unfolding that they're not going to challenge it, if you did have the challenge available, then that's on him Especially for not, since you not doing when it. your team runs a yeah, fourth down play. That's what I'm saying. Then that would be on him for not throwing the challenge if that was available and he didn't see that it was unfolding that way. Like. Yes, Dana could have probably done more to try and get a review, but he should not have needed to no, call a review. No, he should not have. That was complete BS, dude. Like, he clearly had the marker. Sweat popped him and pushed him back. But there's no doubt, dude. There was multiple angles where that ball was clearly a first down. Uh, and even before that, and I know we disagreed on this one, I felt like the Manchek pass, I felt like Manchek was in the end zone. 
when he caught that ball. I know you said the knee was down. And it really didn't matter because two plays later, yeah. Matthew Golden gets the ball. But I just felt like that was kind of an indication of how things were going for Houston all day long. Uh, but I think I just, they handled it well, as well as you possibly could. I've never seen the refs look like they were more like in a different city, if you know what yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah. Like, they, they, like they, the they were definitely were, like DKR calling. Yeah. And they were making calls like they thought they were in Austin and were like going to have the fear for their lives on the way home. When in fact they were only endangering their lives on the way home with their calls. Dude, yeah, that was I don't I don't know how you justify that. Especially, especially in Houston. I feel like honestly that's the one where the yeah. TDECU is in. <laughs> I, I you know it. what I'm saying? Hey, I love it, man. I, that's yeah, I love that neighborhood. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> come on, you you know? Oh, I know, I know. Um, but no, dude, like I, I just I feel like that's one that needs to be addressed by the Big Twelve. Honestly, maybe even Brett Yorm, right? That that because if you want to talk those officials the, better not be working in the Big Twelve conference next week. I'm not saying fire them, but like do not give them a game. There's in definitely this conference. Yeah, next you're gonna week. have to do something because that was complete. But there was bad calls all over. Like the the Iowa, if you go and look at that with that non I don't like, think that's a bad call. I mean, well, to I'm me it looked it. like he was calling fair catch, but exactly like yeah. Is pretty clear in the rules that like any invalid fair catch signal, aka I mean, he was doing like any that. That's arm was, waving. Yeah, that was yeah. Any arm waving that isn't clear and above the head is considered invalid fair catch signal, and any invalid fair catch signal makes it a dead ball. Yeah. No, now, I mean I, I agree I also, with you. I also respect that they let the play go so they could go back and call. Like right. you've got to see the results of yeah. the play. It's, it's the same it. as like the like uh, was it a forward pass or a fumble with the quarterback? Yeah. Like, I see why they let the play go. I also kn- I I complete I do not have anything against Iowa. Like, this does not mean I'm an Iowa fan. No, it was on my high school helmet. We were the Hawks, but I really don't have anything against Iowa at all. Like, they haven't hurt me in any way. Like, I'm not a fan of Brian Ferentz. I hate terrible offense. Dude, that's like, good God, that's awful. But like. If anything, losing because you had a punt return called back yeah. just shows that your offense needs to be better. So, like, again, there, there's no reason for me to sit here and be like, yeah, Iowa sucks, and of course it was a good yeah. call. It's like, no, it just – know the rules. I've seen this called so many times. There was something called in the Bama-Tennessee game where the kickoff returner put his arms out in a tee, yeah. which is a signal. And it, he wasn't the one who caught the ball and started running with it. He was the other return because you know you always have two returners yeah. back there for kickoff returns. They called it back. They called. They called it. Oh, that was a fair catch signal. So his buddy was down at the four. Yeah. Like you see this every year in some regard. I don't know why people are freaking out about it. Just because. It's because something to freak out about. Like, yeah. It. It was a slight wave. It wasn't a huge wave. It doesn't matter. A wave is a wave. Yeah. He waved his hand. We've seen it. I swear, didn't happen once with LSU where one of the returners like did the whole like yes. low wave yes. with both hands. It doesn't matter where it is. You are waving. You are giving some sort of signal. Like the the most you can do now, and I've seen so many guys do it that I don't know why everyone doesn't do it. You want guys to stay away in any regard. You use both hands and you point at the ball and you yell. Point. You point and yell. That's it. That's all you have to do. Do not move your hand. Point and yell. I don't see how this is tough for guys. And so I don't know why people are getting up in arms. Right. It's Just because like, it's something to do. It's like, oh, it took away an awesome play. It's like, we all still saw the play. Yeah. We also all saw why it doesn't count. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Um, do you want to get back to the Big 12? You want to just Yeah, keep, keep a team that around? definitely didn't even need 
controversy at all to to look at how their game unfolded was TCU and Kansas State. Like Kansas State absolutely destroyed TCU. Oh, and I don't know, like, the, I was at the Big 12 championship game last year. Uh, that was the, the fall from grace for TCU one year, like not even a year later to play in Kansas State. I can't fathom what has happened there. Um, like, they, they've got good receivers. They've got two good backs. Is their offensive line that crap? Is it all just on the quarterback play? Is the offensive coordinator? I like think the it's true more. So, it? I think it's the coordinator. There's a. I saw this and I was trying to remember. And I could not go back and find it. Because frankly, I don't think Kansas State's defense is better than it was last year. No, I think I don't think their offense is necessarily better than it was last year. No, it's not. It's just it's different. And TCU's defense lost so many people, and they were not able. It, all right, it's kind of like Baylor's defense when they lost. Petrie and all them, and they just didn't have the pieces, right? Yep. It's eerily the same thing going on up there with uh, TCU right now. I also think, yeah, having a Josh Hoover out there. Yeah, Kansas State put up 10 more points on TCU than they did against Baylor the same time. 31-3, that's all. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, that was so god-awful, though. Like, I don't I don't know what you do if you're TCU, like how you write this ship. Uh, but, yeah, like I was – as far as the offense goes, and I think a lot of it you do have to hold – Browls accountable, uh, but it's not just him because again, I was I got to go back and find this somewhere. I found there was a stat and it was looking at how you made all the offensive coordinator changes. So you had Riley go to Clemson, their offense is ass. They're all worse off. Yeah, yeah. Literally every single Eno, one of them. Scott, Eno Scott, he's Arkansas. out. He gone. Like, like dude, all three of those, they're all worse off. It's insane what has happened there. But yeah, like TCU, I thought that was a program who would be able to take advantage of the portal and have those guys in. And I think it shows that you can get people out of the portal, but getting them to buy in and the coaching. And I also think another element of it is, and you've mentioned this a few times, the style of play, like that physicality is gone. Like, like now, yeah, because now it's like Sonny Dykes is an offensive guru per se, but your offense looks like ass. But they don't have that that physicality. They don't coach with that. And I think that's where it's really starting to see because TCU's always kind of been a little gritty at least. They've had playmakers and stuff, but there is no toughness to this team, which is hard to fathom when you when you have a guy like Kaz Kazadi's always supposed to be this, you know, get people tough and everything. It's not the message is not clear to these cats. I, I don't understand what's going on up there. Yeah. I mean, I think when your offense in the browse system does not get going like it is it, it's either dead or it's running yeah. people over like I, I don't think there's much in between with a Bryles offense no so it makes sense to me why the offense looked that bad the defense I feel like that's a whole other can of worms but I also feel like necessarily they I don't know the numbers they brought in from the portal on defense but the names I recognize mm. are all on the offensive side oh yeah all the all all the guys that felt like, oh, yeah, that was a good get. That was a good get. That was a good get. Yeah, they were all offensive. They were all offensive. And you lost just as much from your defense as you did from your offense, at least in terms of the key playmakers. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense why their defense has regressed. And frankly, like, I probably overreacted Kansas State's loss to Oklahoma State because I didn't realize that Oklahoma State was actually figuring stuff yeah. out. I thought that... It's actually more impressive, the win by Oklahoma State now. The win is more impressive. I will say I feel like Kansas State was going to drop one mm -hmm. probably to like a solid team like Oklahoma State or a better than solid team probably right. possibly by the end of this year. Just 
the timing of it all wasn't sold on Oklahoma State being up, and I, I still there's some definitive concerns that that linger from that game. But the idea that you can have two quarterbacks playing like every other drive mm-hmm. and it literally didn't yeah that's rare matter yeah I don't understand like that, that like sorry to drop yeah. an f bomb but like dude. Did not matter. Will Howard did it his way. Avery Johnson did it his way. TCU wasn't stopping either of them. Like, yeah, at all. I mean, I know one thing. It was, it was 27 to three at half. Yeah, I know. I know after watching that and just kind of seeing, like, this seems like what K-State expected to be, right? Like, this is, this is what you think of when you think of a climbing K-State team, what they're doing right now. And hats off to them for making the adjustments, deciding that, hey, we need to use Avery Johnson now. Like we have to salvage the season, and 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 they did that, man. It's been really impressive. But I think also, like after watching that Texas Houston game, Quinn Ewers is hurt. Like we don't know when he's going to be available again. And they have Kansas State coming to Austin Two in a weeks. couple weeks. I think Kansas State, Kansas State, could put themselves in the driver's seat for the Big Twelve championship. Yes, game. which is crazy to me. That's you know, I. I, will, I say that, but Oklahoma State would technically be in the driver's seat then if they both. Dude, if, if Kansas State beat if, Texas if, if, and Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma, like that would be in like total chaos. And guess who Kansas State doesn't play this year? Oklahoma. How I don't convenient. know what tiebreaker that like that would mean if it would be a bedlam rematch or if like because if Kansas yeah. if Kansas State beats Texas, Texas on two losses, Oklahoma Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma, Kansas State and Oklahoma would both be on one loss. Yeah, but Kansas State, Oklahoma State would have the, the tiebreaker over State Kansas would, State. Yes, they would be the yeah. first team in. Yeah. Now, who would be in second Ooh. for Oklahoma and Kansas State? That'd be very uh, yeah. I don't. We, we there are some possibilities here. Now it's bedlam. I don't feel great about K- the right. Oklahoma State winning <laughs> no, that. No, they never did. Which means we could be looking like in two weeks. We'd be like, so is it going to be Kansas State Oklahoma? Because Dude, Texas it's, really. What what happened there? Because they they exploded at the gates, twenty one points. They're up twenty one nothing. Then the offense just sputtered. They got for, complacent. For the like game. they do that. We, they they've gotten off to slow starts in the past. I mean, that's kind of been one of the the concerns for them all year long. I don't, is doing things like that. Like I I truly thought that like they were a team of like real competitors, and I feel like real competitors. They're like they don't let their foot off the gas. They're like. Man, what what crazy shit can I go do? Right. It's like, how can I stunt on these fools? Well, I think And they didn't. Their confidence also after that Oklahoma game kind of has hindered them a little bit, in my opinion. I could be totally wrong on that. I mean Yeah. Because you're like, rolling, they, dude. Because like physically, I don't think there's any way to say that they're less talented no. or or like just they couldn't bully Houston in, in many respects. I, I do think that has to be all mental, whether it's coaching staff mental, player mental. The execution wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And now they're starting quarterback. I, I, I don't know exactly what they said about it was him an AC post-game. joint. AC joint. Oh. Yeah, it's an AC joint, and he's done for at least a few weeks. And we, there's not like a, def, a and, definitive timeline on yeah, it. Because at a certain point, isn't that just like, can he manage the pain? Man, I, I'm, I don't, honestly, I'm not sure. I, and I think it's his throwing arm. So yes, it, it's, it's so, definitely his yeah. Right like arm. I don't. I saw that hit. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Um, and you know Malik Murphy, I like him. I think he's a good quarterback. And you know some of the throws they they were pretty bad. They were off. But I think that was more so. I think just being thrown in. Yeah, and I, and not having like I'm I'm very interested to see what happens next week for Texas. 
What about what about tech? Because this was a team. How about we take a quick break yeah, let's and do then we get to tech? Okay. Because like we're just gonna keep rolling today. Yeah. We're we're gonna talk about the games we want to talk about. We're not we really decided to be structure. a little less structured today. Yes. So like we have those section titles up there, but we'll figure it we're, out. We're talking about all of it. We're gonna mix it all in anyway. All right. Yeah. So when we get back, we're gonna get into Texas Tech because this is a team where I drank the Kool-Aid definitely. Uh, during the preseason, I thought I had them in the Big 12 championship. That is not the case, and they are a hot mess. We're going to get into that next here on the College Chaos Podcast. Welcome back into the College Chaos Podcast. Garrett Ross, Jack McKenzie here with you. And we are going to keep this going as we look at the Texas Tech Red Raiders, and they're really just bad loss up in Provo. Uh, hats off to BYU. Uh, they looked pretty good. I'm not going to say they were great. Keaton Slovis was eh. He's all right, but he did enough to get the job done. This is a game I didn't – I'm going to be real with you. I didn't watch. I was keeping up with it on social media. And I know there was an incident with a tech player, like, spitting in the face of somebody. Like, what the hell? is like? I think – I don't know if Joey McGuire might have bit off a little more than he can chew up there, but – Things are not looking great, and it's looking like things are starting to unravel from a cultural standpoint in my, from what I'm gleaning at Texas Tech. I don't personally want to go that far. I think they're always, you know, they're college kids. They can be hotheads. They can be dumbasses. Some guys truly just shouldn't be where they're at, like, mm. and you can't but figure you don't that spit out. you somebody's face. Yeah, I know. I I would never I, I, would I wouldn't condone ass, it. Dude. I'm, not, I'm not I'm not saying that he's all right. No, I'm saying like no, I know. Just, one guy on a team. I'm not gonna like take that and look and be like, oh man, the culture's unraveling. No, like, I know, I know. No. The, the season's unraveling. I it mean, is they're, they're on a true freshman third string quarterback who threw three interceptions and was the, frankly at least half the cause of both of their fumbles because yes. those are both on uh, handoff exchanges on possible RPOs. Um, yeah, five turnovers in a hostile environment, a very hostile environment like like out in Provo, like you're not going to win that. See, I thought they could well they struggled on the road last year. Like 14 to 27 is frankly a very generous scoreline. Yeah, given, given all the given mess. the turnovers, given the mess, just like BYU I need to take a quick look at their schedule cuz I feel like they might not do much more like Yeah, I don't Texas think so. Texas should beat them. Texas, yes. especially since in Austin, West Virginia is going to be an interesting game. That's one where I'm like, That's okay, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Iowa <laughs> State should beat should beat BYU. Uh, then they've got Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Like, frankly, this was a game that BYU needed to win to have they a legit to. shot at going bowling. Yeah, because they're going to be scratching and clawing for one win out of their last five. I feel like so very good for them. They took advantage of what they needed to take advantage of. But this is not a great team. No. This is a team that's probably closer to the bottom of the Big 12 than than in the top half. Like, probably closer to, like, what, 10th, 11th best team in the Big 12? Yeah, they're definitely down there with Baylor and Houston and Cincy and all the other ones. They're definitely down there. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd probably put them, like, they have to be below TCU because of what TCU did to them. But, like, TCU is not looking good on their own. Right. So, like. They're they're down in that like, yeah, that around ten, like yeah, eight, nine, ten, eleven, somewhere around there. Wouldn't put them twelve, thirteen, fourteen yet, but no, but yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm back to tech though. I'm 
just I have to feel like I have to cut them a lot of slack. Injuries happen. Quarterbacks get knocked That's out. That's what and, sucks, man. I like I want, you lose both of your quarterbacks. And then now you're stuck with this cat who can't throw. Like, that's yeah. brutal. And, I mean, just I know at a certain point you have to try and win the game, so you have to throw. And you can't be one-dimensional, so you can't just ride Taj Brooks mm-hmm. the whole game. Yeah. But, I mean, they clean, they clean up that first fumble. Maybe they score. They score early, and, and like, we're looking at maybe a 21-27 game. Mm. They clean up one or two other things here. Like, this is a game that I think Tech might be looking at as, like, we probably could have won this if we clean, cleaned up some boneheaded mistakes. Like, hey, correct this read on, on an interception. Correct the ex- fumble exchanges. Yeah. And then correct the don't spit in an opposing player's face to rile up the home team. Yeah. Well, I also think it. It's going to help having a little more time to work. Uh, as I believe they're off this week, so they can kind of do some soul-searching and reflecting on themselves. Um, as we look ahead, are there is there one matchup, one or two matchups next week that you're intrigued by at all in the Big 12, or are they all pretty much where it's kind of like, eh? Um, not that I think there's a very good shot of it, but Iowa State coming here, I think that's a uh, okay – can Baylor actually move in a direction with, like, can they find a way to get bowling mm. with this change in their offense or not? Right. I think the answer is no. I feel pretty confident the answer is no, but we'll find out about that. Um, like, I, I can find a reason to say something about every game, but let's see. I've already written off West Virginia UCF. Houston, Kansas State, that should just be Kansas State winning. Yeah. Uh, same thing for Texas against BYU, but we'll learn about uh, Malik Murphy. Yeah. So we'll learn about Malik Murphy from that. Oklahoma State should beat Cincinnati. So I guess the it's at the top of the list for, for me because I've got Baylor listed as a yeah. favorite team in ESPN. Um, so Baylor's at the top. But then Oklahoma and Kansas, that's that's the one I feel like I might be able to learn the most from this week is is Kansas going to find a way to show that they're still legit and they're, like, they're more than just middle of the pack? Right. Because it was looking like, hey, maybe they're the third best team in the conference. Then they went and dropped a couple. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it'll be very interesting to see what they can do hosting Oklahoma. Mm. And for Oklahoma, are you going to bounce back or are you going to have another close call and show that, hey, they found a way to beat their rival and they found a way to win every game so far, but they're not this clear in a way. Like, they, they're probably not deserving of their ranking the eight people. Right. So I think that'll be something interesting that we can learn. But overall, this week in the Big 12 was looking like a, we're going to learn things about the teams that we expect to win when they win. It's just how they win. Right. I hope I'm completely wrong. And it's a hectic <laughs> chaos filled week, but like I'm looking at these games. I'm like, okay, Iowa state should win. Oklahoma should win. Kansas state should win. West Virginia should win. Texas should win. Oklahoma state should win. Yeah. Like I, like if we did our picks right now, I, I feel like we'd probably be on the pretty same. much the same yeah. picks yeah. because this week looks like a more cut and dried week right. for the big 12. Outside of the Big 12, we saw Ohio State and Penn State was a game that, I mean. God, I hated watching that game. It was, it was, like, it was almost like watching an NFL. That's, that's why I don't like watching the NFL, because it's so boring. Um, and that was, like, hats off. You have two elite defenses that were going at it in that game. Um, but, man, Penn State, dude, like, what the hell do you do if you're James Franklin? Because you have no playmakers on the outside. You have no wide receivers that are really great at all. Uh, if you would have had, would have been able to get Keon Coleman because they were involved in that, that could have been a difference maker. 
But, dude, this team right here, I don't know what to really make of them. He is now 1-9 against Ohio State, 3-16 and 16 against teams in the top 10. He's been there for a decade. Dude, it's crazy. And I don't know if – like, do you think that the Big Ten expanding and the playoff expanding are going to be something that could actually help Penn State yes. get over the hump? A thousand percent, yes. I don't see how that's honestly even a question. Like, what do you – like, where – what was They'll your finish biggest in the top away? twelve most years uh, from this game? Yeah, I feel um, like like the scoop like and score sp- specifically this year. Um, the scoop and score that was that was that was tough. Uh, the penalty on that, yeah, I didn't. But that could go either way. That yeah. was just I think that's some home cook. You get if that was in Nittany Valley or I got it. I didn't because Baylor was playing at the same time. Yeah, my alma mater was going to pay more attention to them. Um, I wish I'd been able to pay more attention to whether or not it was more. There was no Penn State receiver that could win, and that's why there was so much pressure on Aller because he had to hold the ball all the time. Or was there just, or was the Ohio State rush just that good versus? Well, he had Penn nobody State to line? throw it to. Like, yeah, no, no. It's just like which came first, the chicken or the egg? Was he under pressure so he couldn't get the ball out to anyone, or was no one getting open so he was holding it and getting under pressure? I'm sure it was like a mix of both. I'm just, I wish I had an answer for which one it was because that. Penn State has to address both, but the one they have to address first is the one that happened more often. You also can't be one of 16 on third down. <laughs> like, that that cannot happen. That, yeah. They, so, they, I don't know what they have to do. I don't, I don't know, like, if, if they need to look at offensive coordinator changes. I don't know if they have to look at play calling changes. Just, like. Well, that's one of those, too. At, at some point, like, they've made changes to the coordinators, right? Like, you brought in Manny Diaz. He's made your defense significantly better. At some point, you got to look in the mirror, dude. It's it's because this is on James Franklin. Yeah, I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking, like, you know how Michigan finally turned the tables? They're like, we're just going to bully you. We're going to play bully ball. We're not going to, like, look cool and run the spread. And, like, we're not going to play your game. We're going to specifically find game that's not yours mm. and shove it down your throat. And frankly, I think that's what you have to do to the best of the best college programs is be like, we are going to zig where you zag and we are just going to try and bully you with it. Mm. Penn State keeps trying to play Ohio State's game. They keep trying to, okay, we're going to have a good defense. We're going to have a lot of talent. We're going to run the spread. (laughs) And look at what happens. Yeah. So you think they need to take the Michigan approach, just go tight, just Pound the rock down not people's throats. Not necessarily the Michigan approach, and not necessarily for the whole year. You just have to have something that you know you can bully Ohio State with. Right, that's the thing. And they right? don't they don't have guys who are going to bully Ohio State. Like maybe on defense they do, but on offense they don't. And you have to have it on both sides. You have to to win these games. Otherwise, you ha- you're relying on luck. Right. What was more disappointing, that or the Utah? mess? At Utah at USC. USC. What was more disappointing for me? Well, thanks to the triple option picks, USC losing was more disappointing for me. Was I the only one that picked Utah? I think so. I don't know. No, um, Pierre did. Pierre, me and Pierre. Yeah. Yeah. So I lost my head to head against Pierre because <laughs> USC's defense couldn't keep a second string quarterback who got benched earlier this year for the third string quarterback from driving down the field and getting Utah in field goal range. Yeah, and I love the quote. Even after he gifted USC their way back into the game. Yeah, I mean, he... Like, he, yeah, USC, USC, USC. 
how bad is your defense? How bad is your defense to let Bryson Barnes go on that game-winning drive, put up 30-some points, like, oh, we got to pick... He gifted you that. He gifted you that. Like, it was... It was prepared on a nice platter. By well, that's why Gordon he got pulled here. Ramsey. That's why he got pulled here because he kept giving Baylor opportunities to get back in the game. That game pissed me. I don't. I don't hate Utah. I don't like Utah. But I don't hate them. I respect them, but I think they're going to be annoying when they get in the Big. Like they don't want to be in the Big Twelve. They they have no interest. I don't they, know. Yeah. I, I think I think they'll like it once they're here and they might they might simmer down. Yeah, because they're going like, to be able to win. But I just <laughs> I don't. USC, Caleb Williams, Grinch, Riley, like, I'm just, if it wasn't Utah and I didn't have to worry about punishments in a pick'em game, like, if I didn't have to worry about these punishments in a pick'em game, I'd be like. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what's got you big piss. That's no, what's like, got I, you I, I big be, piss. I'd be pointing and laughing. Yeah. Like, the whole, the whole live I don't, day. Like, I, I would have I loved the ending of that game. But, no, because I had to ride with USC for this pick'em, now I'm just mad. Yeah. I'm mad that a team that has such <laughs> offensive talent couldn't outscore a team that has such a crappy quarterback. Dude, like, I don't understand. I was thinking about this. So, I, I know it's almost like Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley are a package deal. But if at some point you had to have known, if you're Caleb Williams, that, hey, if we're going out here and Grinch is coming with us, it's going to be much of the same. Like, and if he, honestly, if he would have stayed back in Oklahoma, they probably would be a front runner to win the Natty this year, having him at quarterback with that defense. If he had stayed at Oklahoma, I feel like a lot of guys would have stayed. Hell in Oklahoma, yeah, they would have. And you'd be looking at, they wouldn't have had the offensive drop off that they had. No. Like, I don't know if he would have wanted to run the Levy system. But he'd do him in it, though. But he'd be good at it. Yeah. That's the thing. Be and like, than Dylan Gabriel. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I don't understand the whole, I don't know if it was Caleb Wood. I don't know what the deal was with the players and not letting the players. You should have put the players. I don't care what happened. They need to address the media after stuff like that. Everybody needs to address the media. Everybody needs to be held accountable. I don't like how they did that and just flaked out of it because they'll think, because Lincoln Riley. I feel, and I don't know if it was coach saw the players and was like, they are not ready to go in front of the media. Or if Lincoln Riley was just like, this is my, do, did the whole Bill Parcells, this if is my gonna, program, I'm the only voice right now thing. No, because he sent people out there before. And he if he no, wants no, to be no, a no, man, no. he saying, wants to call people out like the damn camera guy and everything. You want to, uh, and the media people, you want to dish stuff out like that? He has a bad relationship yeah. with the media and he only exacerbated that with this. But like, honestly, this seems on brand for him. It is. Like, Does this hinder his, because I, I don't think this is a long-term, I feel like, because... I honestly feel like he's going to be gone from USC maybe after this season his and next, definitely after the following. His next stop is either NFL OC or but if like, you're an NFL team and you see what's happening now, do you trust him? Do you feel as confident to, today as you did three weeks ago about Lincoln Riley and the NFL? If you're, if you're, you do? No. Okay. No. So what are you like? I don't understand. Like you've got to understand that you've got to address that. You've got to say, like you should, there's no reason Alex Grinch should still be coaching on that staff this week. There's none, at all. Money, dude. Find no, it. Like, here's my thing. I think Sooner fans will be feel very vindicated because I'm sure there's a good group of them. Oh, they're that laughing their year, ass off for years. Was saying this is his ceiling is making the playoff and not winning a game. Yep. And then he left. 
and he can't even make the playoff. Yeah. Like, he was benefiting from being in a conference where you weren't going up against the Kyle Whittingham who had a team full of just grizzled guys doing pig their farmers. thing. <laughs> pig, pig farmers, whatever you want to call them. Like, I, there might be more teams in the Big 12 trying to do that. Dude, he's going in the he, Big Ten with a bunch of Utah. But he didn't have to, like, he didn't have to see, like, climb and get Kansas State fully up to speed. His biggest competition, frankly, was Baylor and Oklahoma State. Yeah. They owned Oklahoma State, and Baylor couldn't really get over the hump. Baylor got him. Baylor embarrassed him here. Here, when he was half, like, half foot out the door. Yeah. Like, so my point is, is I think he saw, like, Oh, I'm not really going to be able to make like get any better here. I I have to go somewhere else because they will run me out of town soon. But he's been figured out. He like the dumbest thing he could have done was take Grinch with him. That's what I don't understand. Like, does Grinch have like, blackmail him or something? Like, he what must, the hell, man? He must. Anyway, is there anything that stood out from the AP poll this week to you? Uh. I need to take a look at it. Do you want to take a break here and then dive into that in the final segment? Uh, unless you want to talk a little Florida State-Duke here real quick. Okay, yes, I do want to talk about that because that game, I wasn't sure. We were talking – I was talking with Paul about it, and uh, that was one of our pick'em games, right? I think it was one of our pick'em games. Yes. And I was – I didn't think Riley Leonard was going to play in this game, so I was – that's definitely why I took um, Florida State. That kid is so good, um, and I know – He's not going to get any talks of Heisman or anything. But when you talk about what a singular player means to a team, when he went out, that they completely fell apart. Um, it sucked. It was gut-wrenching. I think they did a great job of keeping Keon Coleman in check for the most part. Uh, and even Johnny Wilson, their defense is so damn good, dude. I don't know. Yeah. Mike Elko is, should be coach of the year, like just for what he's been able to build up with that program. A&M should fire Jimbo. And hire Elko. Okay, and here's another team who might should oh, please, consider that. Please. Arkansas. Sam Pittman is going to be gone. Yes. I don't know if Arkansas can pull him from Duke. I wouldn't leave Duke at this point for Arkansas. That's what I'm saying. It's very. T- it would be very tough to win at Arkansas. A lot tougher than it would be to win at A&M just because of how much money A&M exactly. will throw in, exactly. especially on recruiting. Yes. Um. So I don't know why you would throw yourself into that division of that conference at a place like Arkansas. No. Um, So, yeah. Uh, But there there are plenty of teams that should look at calling Elko. Yeah. USC. (laughs) Honestly, if if you're the AD at USC and you have zero faith that Riley will turn it around, you could move on. You could get a defensive juggernaut in there and be like, we're in Southern California. We'll recruit enough offensive talent to make Dude, it work. him at USC in the Big Ten would be like the most perfect match made in heaven. That would be an interesting one. I don't think I don't think it's really in the realm of possibility. No, I know. I'm like, just like, like Lincoln's going to get at least another year if he wants it like that. Too. Yeah, I mean, he he could just buy a one way ticket to Thailand, like uh, <laughs> like Kingsbury, like Kingsbury. <laughs> but but yeah. Um, now Duke, man, I, Duke is fun. I I loved seeing Duke's defense play, and honestly, they they kept it going into the third quarter. Like they shot him out in the third quarter. They they and I think they could have honestly beat him if if Riley Leonard them. wouldn't have gotten hurt, man. Also, if it was at Duke, yeah, I'm not saying that. Like I, That's I, feel, even like more it, impressive. I feel like it would have had to be both both Riley Leonard's fully healthy and it's at Duke for them to actually win. I 
Florida State just seemed like they had the edge all night. It was just a matter of time. But it's amazing that they gave up 38, and I'm still sitting here like, yeah, but that defense is damn good. Yeah. So, like, it was a great showing from Duke. I am. This can bring us into the poll for after the break, but I am annoyed at how far they dropped. They dropped down to twentieth. They dropped four They're, spots. No, that's they are. That's bullshit. Notable yeah. two lost teams ahead of them would include Notre Dame, LSU, Tennessee's right behind them, and they've got one lost teams like Mizzou, uh, Ole Miss. Oregon State, North Carolina, Louisville ahead Let's, of them. Let's come back with that because that, that's some – they've got hosed on that. Yeah, they are a better team. They are team. a lot better. Like, I, I don't want to be that person who doesn't reward wins and record because, like, you got you can only play the teams in front of you. you got to earn it, but, like, shoot. Yeah, so. yeah we're going to definitely get into that. And, yeah, uh, you mentioned LSU there. It was a nice win by the Tigers. My Tigers, I got to give them a shout-out. I did not watch one second of that because I've talked about the service academies and their style of play and how I feel about that. But nonetheless, we are going to get into the top 25 next here on the College Chaos Podcast. Welcome back into the College Chaos Podcast. Garrett Ross, Jack McKenzie here with you. Appreciate you tuning in, whether it's live or when you go back and check it out on YouTube or Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. We greatly appreciate that. Make sure you hit like and subscribe as we continue to grow this channel. Jack, pick up where you left off. Duke, the disservice by the people having them at number 20. I'm going to tell you straight up, they should be ahead of LSU. I the, firmly believe that. The craziest thing is when you start looking at the points because, you know, you get a certain amount of points for where you get voted. I believe I believe it's just a standard, like, first first gets 25 points, 25th gets one mm -hmm. point. Um, Duke is sitting at 371 points at 20th in this poll. LSU, five, five spots above them at 15, is at 687, like, over 300 more points. I I am not convinced in any way, shape, or form that LSU is better than Duke. No. I mean, one got curb stomped by Florida State. One went into Florida State with a rather unhealthy quarterback and should have won. Pushed him to the brink. Better than LSU looked against them. Dude, I'm looking. Like, okay, I, I just like I think they both Duke, have two losses. LSU, like I, I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't feel like any of LSU's wins are like better than better than no. what like the Notre Dame game for for Duke. Even. No, not at this point. Like, I just. That I think Mizzou. There's no. They should be ahead of Mizzou because like, Mizzou's losses to LSU. Even the loss to Notre Dame by one touchdown and the win over Clemson. Like th those are better results than yes. I feel like LSU has. And I'm talking about a loss here. Like, like that, the Louisville. You're going to tell me that Duke isn't better than Louisville. Like, and hopefully they play and we get to see that on the field. They they actually play here this week. Good because I but, think that'll be settled. But it's just like. I think that's a legit question. I understand why they're two two teams apart in the rankings, Louisville at 18, Duke at 20. But again, like I I'm just sitting here looking at LSU and Mizzou and Mizzou at 15 and 16 and being like, so this is SEC bias. Just straight up. I mean, I, because you can make a case for that. Ole Miss, too. Yeah. Like Ole Miss. What has Ole Miss done? What has Ole Miss done this year? Beat LSU. Barely. That's it. I mean, they beat Tulane barely. <laughs> That's what we're talking about here with Ole Miss. Like, 
Shoot, dude. Uh, I, yeah, that's that's really insane. As far as the the top goes, no, Ole, go ahead. Ole Miss only beat Auburn by one score. Yeah, I got to see Auburn in person what LSU did to Auburn. Like, oh my god. So as far as the top twenty five goes, you got Georgia one, Michigan two, Ohio State three, Florida State four, and Washington five, Oklahoma six. I'm gonna leave it at that. You got any problem with the top six? Um. No, I don't at this point because I think Georgia's time is coming, and honestly, it might come this week because I don't. We don't know what they're going to be without Brock Bowers. Florida is a weird team. That's a rivalry game. Florida's so hit or miss this season; they're hard to really figure out for me. Uh, Michigan, yeah, I think Michigan deserves to be number two. I don't think I think you could probably make a case yeah, for them like, to be number I, I've one. I've got no problem with this top six. No, I, I don't. don't. Uh, I I think you could make a case to flip Washington and Florida State, maybe. Maybe not, not after only putting up a fifteen to seven win over. Arizona I don't have State. a problem with that. I don't. I don't have a problem with that or Oregon and and that game with them being close because I feel like that was. I I think when you have two really good teams that leave it all and they they're given going to have a, a drop off the next week, so I don't put much stock into that. If I'm Oregon, I feel like maybe I should be above Texas after Texas got, especially with out Quinn so being hurt. Yeah, yeah. And, and the way that they took the refs letting them win. Uh, yeah, I think you could definitely make that case. And I would also take Penn State over Bama. Head to head, I I'm taking Penn State over Bama. Oh. Last week I might have agreed with you. Bama's this week I don't know. I just don't think Bama's defense would do to them what Ohio State's defense did to Penn State. So now that I mean I think you can make a case. I just I wouldn't feel also, comfortable I think Penn saying State's that defense would Penn State's defense is so Bama damn good. Down. Yeah, so, uh, that would be fun. No, I, I don't really have a problem with it. Um, like, that's nitpicking at this yeah. point. Like, I don't feel like Alabama's getting some crazy biased help No, they there. earned, like, like, what that you saw, Bama. They're a borderline top yeah. 10 team, and that's exactly where they are. They're just across the border of top 10. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, I don't have a problem with that. Um, I think, and this is totally off topic, but I do have a problem with Michigan State being a complete tone-deaf university. I do have a problem with that. Fill me in on that. Did you not see the Hitler thing? No. Okay, so prior to the game on their con, they had a they blame they claim it's a third party. They put a their, uh, one of their questions, a poll question for whatever damn reason, especially in this current climate, and I think I have a good reason why this anyway. Uh, yeah, it was where was Hitler born? Why are we even acknowledging this piece of shit? First off, you already are a university who looks terrible with your administration, your head coach, um, bringing in uh, your head, the old head coach who had issues. That the whole university to me is completely tone deaf. I think there needs to be a general, like an overhaul in general up there. It's disgusting. Um, I don't know what is going on, but they really need to do some self reflecting. That is a that is just absolutely uncalled for and needs to be addressed. I think seriously needs to be addressed by some people at top up the top, whether it's NCAA who has no power or what, but they have some major cultural issues at Michigan state right now. Uh, yeah, that just pissed me off. I'm but. not going to lie. I'm looking at a quick CNN article. Um, timing shit. I don't really give a shit. I don't think it's some fucking cultural issue. I think I'm sorry. We've got pictures of Hitler in textbooks. Like, no, I understand like, that. But get triggered, really get triggered. I, I, I like. I'm sorry. I, I don't give a shit. No. Like, yes, the timing is terrible, but 
But there's a lot of terrible shit going on on both sides yeah. over in the Middle East right now in, in Israel and Palestine, all that. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't really want to dive into that. Point is, yeah, it's a historical figure, a terrible one, probably the worst one in history. Um, yeah. I don't know if it was like glorifying him in any way, but on the surface, it, it's a quiz question. You shouldn't. You shouldn't have that about Hitler. And we need to go. Yeah, but like, but yeah. Anyway, I, I I don't give a shit. You want right. to be butthurt about shit? Like he's in he's in the textbooks. Just yeah. deal with it. Like yeah. I, I know plenty of Hitler. I'm a World War II buff. I know plenty of like Hitler facts. Yeah. I hate the dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, everyone should. Anyway. Yeah. You, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. I need to get over to the Dave Aranda press conference. So uh, I felt like this is a good show. Yeah. All right, we'll get back. We'll be back next week with more of this, uh, and we'll kind of look ahead at everything. Make sure you tune in Wednesday as we do our picks. Well, that's going to do it. This has been the College Chaos Podcast.